We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So the first thing I'm going to say is, go Eagles, fly, Eagles, fly. Now, the good news, I happen to mean it. But even if I didn't, I'd say, you know why? Otherwise, I'd be sleeping alone. Uh, Joe, welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Our president, obviously, there, Joe Biden, saying fly, Eagles, fly, as they get set for Super Bowl 57. All right, we're going to get back to the phone lines here and some of this Andy Reid thing. I, I really, this Super Bowl means more for me. It's not just a regular Super Bowl. They're playing Andy Reid, and it would legitimize him as a franchise like never before, and I believe it would it – would, this game will tip the scales on who wins the divorce, who won the divorce, Eagles or Reed. It matters more. You feel that same way or differently? 215-592-9494. It's how you hopper. We'll get to what Fletcher Cox had to say today because that was interesting. But we do have some news here. And uh, and the future of the Eagles coaching staff is what I'm watching for. Sponsored by Xfinity Mobile. Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge, a different kind of mobile network designed to save you money. So before I, I tell you what the news is, typically – when you see an NFL insider connect, you know, or put out something about an Eagles coach, an assistant coach, I mean, my first, like, when I first saw this, before I read it, it was like, oh, is he retiring? Is, you know, is he leaving? Like, that's usually why their names are out there. Well, no, we have some good news, though, some surprising news inside this good news. According to Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, Eagles run game coordinator and offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland, who received interest from multiple teams for offensive coordinator position this cycle, has agreed in principle to a contract extension in Philadelphia per league sources. Eagles O-line has been elite under Stoutland. So Stout is going nowhere. That, I mean, the end result, I'm not surprised at. I mean, it feels like he's going to stay here until he's ready to retire. And I, I don't know how old he is. Is he, I would guess, in his 60s? He's 60. Okay, so that would be my guess, around 60s, early 60s. So we, he's got a— His gotta, birthday is next week. What a birthday present, winning on the ring. So I would guess he's got a you know another few years, uh, whatever he wants, however long he wants to coach. Uh, but I would have guessed before this he's going to stay here until he's done. I am a little bit surprised, taken aback, that he received interest for offensive coordinator positions, not because I don't think he's worthy, because how did this never come out? Like, you know, we always hear this stuff, right? The, the Ravens offensive coordinator position, every time I turn on NFL Network, they're reporting a different name. Right, whether it's you know Bienemy or whoever is interviewing to be the new coordinator in Baltimore, I haven't seen Jeff Stoutland's name connected to any other team at all. No, and he's kind of reached that point in the cycle of an offensive or you know a, an assistant coach where you don't really think of them as progressing forward. They've mm-hmm. kind of reached their niche and they're okay being a, a position coach or being a coordinator. But 
He's been the Eagles' run game coordinator since 2018. Mm -hmm. So he does have that on his resume, but he hasn't been a true offensive coordinator since like the late 80s at Southern Connecticut. I mean, he's exclusively coached offensive line for the last 30 years. Well, it's a good thing for the Eagles. Good thing for this franchise. Stout is sticking around with a new deal. All right, let's go to the phone lines here. Andrew is in media on WIP. Hey, Andrew. Hey, good evening. Hey, real quick, real quick, was that Chad Lewis? Was that the last answer? That was not Chad Lewis, Andrew. What? But no, it, it, he was hurt that game. Yes, it's a different tight end on that team, but at least you're in the ballpark. You know, he, uh, he was on that team, uh, obviously. Yeah, what I wanted to say was, boy, I must be really – I can't get over Andy Reid. I can never get close to him. I, I don't think he was ever – you know, he could have gotten us to 12 – uh, uh, the Super Bowls and all that, and never win one. I didn't. I didn't even like when he won in Kansas City. I thought, no, no. I, why wouldn't that? Why wasn't that us? Um, yeah, I have a hard time with him. I don't think he's ever relatable, right? And we can't blame somebody for press conferences. But like a Sirianni, you know, you would think he's from like Delco, you know, or South Jersey. You know, he he seems like it reminds me of Donnie Brasco, the line in there, like. You know, you're acting like one of them. You know, I am one of them. Right, right. And, and Andrew, you're right about uh, the the connection. And and you're you're spot on when you can't blame someone, right? Like it's not his fault. This that he's just being no. himself, and Sirianni's being himself too. Um, yeah. But I'm glad you said it. You can't get over because I think a lot of people have pretended <laughs> now they've gotten <laughs> over it. But it was 14 years. If you had emotion, that emotion to just go away. You know, and he's got great numbers and records and all that. But we. You know, most of us, right, they want to talk about the 60 championship game. Well, all we ever heard from Dallas fans for years and years was you can't wing the big one. And we didn't until we had this amazing group of guys who won it in 17. So, yeah, I can't I can't, uh, I can't, get next to Andy Reid. I, I just can't. Yeah, and, <laughs> so and I don't want to lose to him. Bottom line, I do not want to nope. lose to Andy Reid. All right, Andrew, let's play explicit history here. We'll give you a highlight in Eagles Super Bowl moment. You tell us the name. Here we go. The Eagles to the line. They have an empty backfield. Terrell Owens flips wide right side. McNabb takes the snap. Throws. It is caught. Touchdown. Touchdown Philadelphia. Caught by coming out of the backfield. And the Eagles are within a point with 335 remaining. In the third quarter, the Patriots now lead it 14-13. Exactly what I'm talking about. This quarterback gets in a rhythm. you got to watch out. He feels like he's invincible. The constant confidence is rising for him, and he throws a bullet right between two Patriots right into the arms of in the face of a blitz from Willie McGinnis. Nice play. Andrew, who caught that touchdown to pull the Eagles within a tie end of the third quarter? Brian Westbrook. You nailed it, Andrew. Yes, you got it. The call. How about Marv Albert on the call? I forgot about the days of Marv doing some football on. Uh, I guess was was it called Westwood One back in the night? I don't know. The national uh, I broadcast. Think they, I think it is Westwood One, but they keep saying CBS Sports Radio. I guess that maybe that was the overarching uh, whatever back then. It was a long time. It was two decades ago now. But yes, Marv Albert. Uh, I I don't didn't recognize the voice of the color analyst. I mean, I'm sure it had to be a well-known ex-player. Maybe from the 80s, Marcus is 04, you know, but I I just, maybe I should know the voice. I think you should know the voice. Who is it? It's Boomer Esiason. Play it again. He sounds different to me. I mean, people's voice changes, change over the years, right? We play some of the old Merrill cuts. He sounds a little bit different than he does now. That's just natural, right? People's voice changes as, play, that's Boomer. Here, I'm going to hear it again. 
That gets in a rhythm. You gotta watch out. He feels like he's invincible. The constant confidence is rising for him, and he throws a bullet right between two Patriots, right into the arms of in the face of a blitz from Willie McGinnis. Nice play. I hear it now. The second time, like now that you told me, I can. Did you know it was him? I didn't. I went back to that video on YouTube where I pulled it from. Yeah. And it said on the call, Boomer is Marv Albert, Boomer Esiason, and then they give credit to John Dockery and, and Bonnie Bernstein. As the sideline reporters? Who I believe are the, the sideline pro- reporters. Yeah, I, then when you said it, and I can, I really listen, you could tell it's Boomer. Yes, that was uh, Westbrook. But Matt is in Bethlehem. What's up, Matt? How you doing? Good, Matt. How are you? All right. Just looking forward to uh, Super Bowl. Yes, uh, I am too. What do you think about this Reed thing? Does it matter more to you because it's Reed? Um, no, actually, it matters more to me because this team has just done so much from beginning to end of the season that, I mean, I don't think you could have ever put a team together like this. This is the best I've seen. Well, I'm with you on that, Matt. This is the best Eagles team I've ever seen. I, I started to feel that early. I mean, I thought the roster in the, in the in the summertime had that kind of potential, but then as we started to watch it, you know, it kind of hit me halfway through the year. Like, this, this team's unbelievable. Yeah, they really are. And, I mean, yes, Reed did give us a bunch of good years, but he could never get the, you know, he could never get the big one. So, Well, that's the truth, right? He got them close, and he he legitimized the franchise again, but he didn't get the big one. Matt, let's give you a moment. Eagles Super Bowl moment. You tell us the name bleeped out. You ready? Sure. Let's do it. Brady under center. First and 10. Ball on his own 36. On first down, he's back. He pumps. He's going deep for... He's open at the 40, runs in a circle, and is flat with the 40-yard line of the Eagles. Again, pushed wide open. Yeah, he may be done for today because when he hit the ground, he hasn't moved yet. Matt, Malcolm Jenkins hit which Patriots receiver and knocked him out of the game. Who is that? Oh, my God. Oh, I know the hit, too. Mm-hmm, you could picture it. Oh, um... That's the one where we pretty much pile-drived them, wasn't it? Yeah, and he, he came out of that game but didn't go back in. Well, give us a guess on the name. Uh, I cannot think of it. I, it's, I know the play. I just don't know the name. Matt, we appreciate the phone call. Underrated part of that game. Uh, I, I, feel like, I just feel like that gets lost to the, the story of the game. It happened early-ish. And, and again, look, it's not like the Patriots couldn't score. I mean, they racked up 33 points, and Tom Brady threw 500 yards. It wasn't like they couldn't move the ball without this guy. But he was, you know, he was the speed receiver that they didn't have anymore. I mean, it, 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 changed, it changed the way they played offense. And the guy's had a weird career. He's, he's very productive, like when you just look at his stats. But I, I just I don't even know what to, what to say. Like, how do you qualify the guy's career that we just bleeped out? Good? It's weird because he was a first-round pick. I think at Oregon State. The Eagles wanted him. Remember right, that draft? He was someone that they were targeting. I think that was Chip's second draft. The Marcus Smith pick. Right. They ended up trading back and drafting Marcus Smith. But you look at his career. He's got 8,600 yards, has 6,000-yard seasons, has played in two Super Bowls, lost both, and now is kind of just wallowed away with a pretty crappy team. I mean, he didn't even play against the Eagles when the Eagles played this team earlier in the season. He's probably going to end up as one of the better – Forgotten players, like I, I just, I'm telling you, that the, the someone yeah, gets 75 yards per game in the postseason for his career. I, I just have a feeling 20 years from now, people will be like, oh yeah, 
Who's that? I remember, kind of remember him, and he's going to have 10,000 yards in his career. He's just, he's a very, it's, he's had a weird career, a, a forgettable, good wide receiver. Matt is in Delco. What's up, Matt? Hey, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. You got it, Matt. What are you thinking of that? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tell you why it means more to me for the read thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I'm going to tell you why I feel confident about the game because of that. Because when Andy Reid was um, – Andy Reed was a great coach, and you see that because players love playing for this guy. But when the thing about Reed is those big games, once he gets outside of his script, his first 15, he can never make those adjustments at halftime to, to put those teams over the top of those games. And I see that happening. Well, you know, Matt, I, I hope it does because – if the Eagles can get ahead and can unleash that pass rush, it's going to be a fun night next Sunday night. That, that, that to me, is it. If the Eagles could play from ahead, they're in a great shape. If they get ahead, you know, sometime in the late first quarter, I second agree, quarter. Joe. We've seen that all season. Yep. It's just, it's, they're a different team when they're ahead. I mean, they, they just, that's the way they're built. They're built to be ahead. Matt, you ready for explicit history? Yeah, the last guy you guys were talking about was Brandon Cooks, though, on that hit. You're right. But um, I'm ready. Yeah, it was Cooks. All right, uh, Matt, here we go. Eagles still alive at the second and ten. At the New England, 31 out of the gun. McNabb takes. McNabb looking around. McNabb throwing for the end zone. It is caught. Touchdown. Who is the speedster on this Philadelphia Eagle roster able to beat Dexter Reed, the rookie from North Carolina. And the Eagles are right back in it with a minute 48 to play. In this fourth quarter, they're now down 24 to 20. Matt, who caught the last touchdown for the Eagles in that Super Bowl after that drive that took forever? I want to say Greg Lewis, but I don't think it is. It is, Matt. You nailed it. Yeah, it was Greg Lewis back in the end zone. Matt, appreciate the phone call. How long did that drive take? Do you have the the box score up in front of you? Uh, I believe it took four minutes. And it's funny listening to that radio broadcast because we talk about it now. It's something that's somewhat infamous. If you go watch Tom Brady's documentary, Man in the Arena, they have points where Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are saying, what the hell are they doing? Do we have the scoreboard right? We are winning, right? They're doing the same thing on the radio broadcast. They're commenting on, like, the Eagles just wasted 30 seconds. The Eagles just wasted another 90 seconds. Not really sure why the Eagles – I think at one point Hank Fraley is yelling at Donovan McNabb and the rest of the offense to get on the ball and start moving. I mean, they were down 10 with, I think, six minutes to go, and mm-hmm. that touchdown came across with a minute 48. It just wasn't urgency. So – I remember then, and I know it's come up again, like who's to blame for that? Was it Reed? Was it McNabb? And, you know, I think that you could blame both uh, to an extent. I mean, obviously, Donovan has to have the urgency on the field. But it was, it was like, I couldn't ignore it. Remember the game before Doug Peterson got the job here? He was the coordinator with the Chiefs. They played the Patriots in the playoffs. Reed, head coach, Doug, the offensive coordinator. Uh, so what would this be, 2015, I guess it would be? Um in the, in the postseason, they did the same thing. It was like the same exact scenario played out. They were down two scores, less than 10 minutes to go in the game. Chiefs have the ball. They drive down, but they took forever. And it just felt like it was like watching the – I remember Angelo screaming about it because he felt like he was watching a replay of the Super Bowl from, you know, at that point, like 11 years before. It's it, Both were read. Yeah, and I just – I get part of it being – you want to make sure you get everything right. Because one misstep, the game's over. But at the same point, you can't waste the entire clock when you need two possessions. Yeah, you, you, you need to score again. I mean, like, yes, prioritizing the first score is you can't score two at once. But you need to score again. Like, you need to have that kind of built in. 
to the way you play the game. 215-592-9494. Frankie. Actually, you know what? Hold on. I want to get to Frankie in a second. We promised we played something. Fletcher Cox. Because someone brought up a few minutes ago the um, the idea that this team is the best Eagles team that he's ever seen. And I've said that before. I mean, I think we're watching the best team in Eagles history from top to bottom. Talent, you know, production, wins, what they did with Jalen Hurts going 16-1. and I believe this is the best Eagles team ever. And I, I felt that they had the talent to be that in the summer. I said they were more talented than the 2017 team. How about this, though? Fletcher Cox today. And everyone's having some fun, you know, because Fletcher and, and, you know, about seven of these guys are going back to the Super Bowl for the second time as Eagles here in a short span. He was asked, all right, who would win? If, you, if we played it out and we kind of put everyone in their spots, I don't, I don't know how you – how do you do it if you have the same players on both teams? They play both sides? Right, like you wouldn't go against them. Cox wouldn't go against Cox. No, so he plays – Johnson wouldn't go against Johnson. Plays on both sides. But anyway, who would win? If we got the 2017 Eagles versus the 2022 Eagles, who would win the game – I thought Fletcher Cox's answer was interesting. BJ, two more will get out of lane in. Who I think will win? Oh, man. <laughs> Probably 2017. <laughs> I disagree with Fletcher Cox, but I'm, I'm wondering why he said that. Like, what, what is the upside to say? I mean, he's just everyone's having fun. It's not that big of a deal. But I wonder why he said that. Like, he's in the moment on this team. I, I wonder what it is about that those two teams, the, you know, and kind of projecting a game against each other, he would give the edge to 2017. My, my first thought was he was a bigger part of 2017, so maybe he thinks he would tip the scales. Like the younger Fletcher could cause some havoc. Yeah, I do think if we were to compare everybody from the 2017 team to the same people now, the only places I would say they were better was maybe the five or six guys who were starting who were here in 2017. They were younger. They were younger, right? Like I think 2017 Kelsey is probably better. 2017 Lane Johnson is probably better. 2017 Cox and Graham, even though Graham had a career year with 11 and a half sacks, were probably better. I think everywhere else on the roster, they've upgraded. The only thing I would say to the point of if they played one game and why I think 2017 would have a chance, like Nick Foles played his very best on the biggest stage. We haven't seen Jalen Hurts do that yet. I'm not saying he won't or he's not capable of. I think he's capable of having a big game in the Super Bowl. But, like, Nick Foles played his – like, if they played a big game head-to-head, we, we watched Nick Foles play his very best, like, as good as he can, his ceiling he hit it, on the biggest stage. We haven't yet seen Jalen do that. And, and I, I think it's very possible he will coming up uh, a week from Sunday. 215-592-9494. I thought that was interesting. Fletcher's response. Frankie! There he is. He's in Roxburgh. What's up, Frankie? Yo, Joe! Frankie, what's up, buddy? Call. How are you? Good show tonight, Joe. Thank well, you, you Frankie. Always, Joe, you always have a good show. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that, Frankie. What are you thinking? Joe, I was wa- I'm gonna give I'm gonna give everybody this 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 statistic that's gonna make everybody happy. I was watching I was watching um uh ESPN today mm-hmm. and they had Sal Palantonio on. And he came up with this, um, this, this statistic that uh, the Eagles were first in, in the category of not turning the ball over, running so many plays. And, and uh, analytics says that when you don't turn the ball over, you usually win, right, Joe? 
Oh, yes. If you, if you protect that football, you're going to win most games. But, but the, the, the statistic is, like, so overwhelming because the Eagles won so many plays, and, and, and they led the league in, in, in that department, Joe. Well, that makes so, it more impressive, doesn't it? Because it's not like, you know, if you have less possessions, less plays, okay, maybe you have – but if you have the ball a lot and you, and you don't turn it over, that makes it more impressive. Right. And, and how did we lose our games? The games they turned it over. Okay. There you go. So, I think – Joe, I, I'm calling another route again. See, Frankie, you were right la- – I'm writing it down. You were right last time, Frankie. Yeah. So, and, uh, and, and like I said, I'm going to bring you – when we do this rat, I'm going to bring you guys up a, uh, a really good pizza. Oh, Frankie, you know I can't wait for that. All right, Frankie, you ready to play Explicit History here? Yeah, Joe, but just don't give me no hard ones. No, we don't have any hard ones. Frankie, you got this. Here we go. Eagles Super Bowl. We give you a moment. You tell Wait, us. Is this 2017? Well, we have. We, yeah, you know what? We'll give you a 2017 one. We'll go the most recent yeah, one. Yeah. Here we go, Frankie. Foles running up and down the line. It's a direct snap, and it goes to Gives it off to Burton, the tight end, who then throws in the end zone. Touchdown. Foles caught the ball on a touchdown pass of the yard by the tight end. What did we just see? Holy smokes. 34 seconds to go. The tight end. Just threw a touchdown pass to the quarterback. Frankie, who'd the direct snap go to on the Philly special? Uh, the tight end. Uh, they traded him to the Bears. Uh, I can't think of his name, Joe. I know who it is. Uh, Frankie, you could picture uh, it. Burton. Burton. Well, Frankie, you're right. You're right and wrong. Frankie, I love you. I appreciate it. So let's go. Let's just let's, let's everyone kind of play it out in your head. Picture this in your head, okay? The direct snap went to we beeped it. We bleeped it out. He, the, the person who caught the direct snap on the Philly special. You, I mean, we've seen you've seen this a million times. I mean, half of you probably did it at your wedding when you did the entrance. I mean, that was that whole summer. If you if you got married, you went to a wedding, and the six months after the Super Bowl, you saw this direct snap to bleep. He pitches it to Burton, who throws it to Foles. That's the play. But who caught the direct snap? That is the name that's bleeped out. It is amazing sometimes you see something over and over and you, 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 the names get all twisted. Everyone knows this name that we're talking about. Yes. Local guy. We went over his stats earlier. Still hanging around somehow in the NFL. Got hurt the next year in Dallas, and that was kind of the end of his career. Like as Because I liked him. I think a lot of people thought after this game he would be a featured part of the offense yep. moving forward, especially considering the age and durability issues of the other running backs in the locker room. I've seen, I think both Seltzer and Ike made the comp recently that Kenny Gainwell feels like the this guy of that postseason. Like he's coming on right at this time. But did this guy do anything before the Super Bowl? Mm. Like I don't remember him doing anything against Atlanta or no. against Minnesota. No. But I mean, I guess Gainwell could be poised to have uh, a Super Bowl like this guy did. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard on this Friday night. Are oh, we got a lot to get into here? Um, and and I, I'm really curious what you feel on this. I This Super Bowl means more for me because it's Reed. It's not just a Super Bowl. I can't ignore the Reed emotion from all the years in the past. And I believe the winner of this game, it's Cements who won the divorce. And if the Eagles win it, they have a claim to be the NFL team of this era. They have the claim. They have two Super Bowls in a six-year span. Reed wouldn't have that. He'd have one still. Rams only have one with Sean McVay. 
You know, Brady went to the Bucks. They won one. That that's dead. The Patriots are dead. You know, everyone loves to talk about the Bills. They haven't even got to one. You know, the Bengals have got to one and lost it. I mean, the team of this era becomes the Eagles, not the Chiefs, not Reed. Does it mean more to you because it's against Reed? 215-592-9494. That's a hop in. We'll play explicit history as well as we look at the Eagles' moments over the years in the Super Bowl. And we got to hit on this. I want to throw, throw the coldest water on any thought of trading for the latest disgruntled superstar that wants out of his spot in the NBA. I don't want him. We'll hit it next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94. WIP Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bag was behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. We'll get to a trust the pregame coming up here in about 10 minutes or so as the Sixers get set for a uh, game against the Spurs tonight. Boy, the Spurs are in full tank mode. 14-38, and 38, they take on Brett Brown and the Spurs tonight. Is this the game uh, our old friend Spike Eskin is at with, uh, with the, the, the rights to Ricky Sanchez crew? Yes. They yes, they are all down in San Antonio. To see Brett Brown. There's no other reason to go see the Spurs. No, I don't. They don't really have anybody left on the Spurs. Well, they're tanking for uh, Webanaya. Well, they got rid of Dejounte Murray, right? Yes. I mean, it, it it does. I mean, it just feels like there's four or five teams that are tanking for that kid. Did you read the story about why the Hawks wanted Dejounte Murray? I did not. The owner's son, who I think is like my age or maybe a little younger, is apparently pulling all the strings behind the scenes now. And he really liked DeJounte Murray, so he made them go out and get them. Yeah, it sounds like a, a movie, but it actually won't work, and it's a bad idea. And they yes. will just lose a lot of basketball games. All right, we'll get the Sixers stuff coming up in a little bit. 215-592-9494. This game means more to me because it's Andy Reid. This isn't just some Super Bowl. I can't, I can't push aside all those emotions from back in the day. This means more. The winner of this game truly wins the divorce, and the Eagles can, can get out of the shadow of Reid because the 2017 season, like it or not, the specter of Reid hovered over it. Doug Peterson was his quarterback, his offensive coordinator, then in Kansas City, then came to the Eagles. So there was always Andy elements to that team. Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. Nick Foles was Andy's last young quarterback here in Philadelphia. The shadow of him hovered over that championship. This one won't. I understand Kelsey's still here and Fletcher's still here and Brandon's still here. There's still a few. 
But this is a totally different coach. It's their own franchise quarterback. They draft and develop without Reed. This one matters more because it's beating Andy Reid. Agree, disagree. 215-592-9494. And we'll play some explicit history here. Eagles, Super Bowl moments over the years. Let's go to Mark in Woodbury Heights. Hey, Mark. Joe, how are you? Good, Mark. What are you thinking tonight? Well, I want to say this about Andy Reid. I know he gets beat up a lot. Andy Reid, I think, arguably, is the greatest coach in Eagle history. And I know he came up short in a few conference title games and in the Super Bowl. I think the game against the Rams, they were a better football team. The Panthers, when we played them, they were better than the Eagles. Eagles were really banged up that year. Mm -hmm. Um, Tampa Bay, obviously, that was a downer. Um, We should have won that game. But I think also going out in Arizona in 08, tough place to play, your third playoff game on the road, that was just going to be difficult to beat the Cardinals. Um, The Super Bowl, I think he did get outcoached in the Super Bowl um, by New England. But overall, I mean, the the guy just won and he won and he won, and he's continued to do that in Kansas City. The guy's a winner. Yeah, well, he is a winner. And he's, Mark, obviously one of the great coaches of all time. It's interesting you brought that up, um, kind of the, the context of 03, 02, because the way we talk about them now, Mark, is as if they were 10-point favorites in those games. But I actually went back recently and looked because I was curious. I was like, what, what was the reality of it? And they weren't really big favorites in either game. I think they were three-point favorites over the Bucks, and maybe three or four over the Panthers. Like, they should have won, but it wasn't as if they were overwhelming favorites in either of those games. Yeah. Well, I, the Panther game, they had tons of injuries. You know, it was really miraculous for them even getting to that game because they pulled off the fourth and twenty-six the week before against Green Bay. Um, Carolina, as you can see, they went on to the Super Bowl and they they could have beat New England. I mean, that game went down, brought to a final field goal. Yep, that was a very good Carolina Panther team, and with the Eagles dealing with many injuries that season, it just wasn't their day. Um, I think it, I think in three of the four conference championship games but not including the, the game they beat Atlanta, the ones that they lost, uh, the only one I can really see that they should have won outright was that Tampa Bay game. They you should know, they have, should've. yeah. And and yeah, unfortunately, and Andy's only so much to do with this, I mean, Donovan didn't play well in a lot of those games. I mean, he played pretty well in the Arizona game, put up numbers, but he didn't play well against Tampa. or or And he was banged up against, you know, obviously the Carolina game. He was, he was hurting. The, the, the thing with Reed that I fault him for, he would never commit to the right. He put too much onus on Donovan McNabb. He really did. I think Donovan would have been more successful with a more balanced running attack. Um, and he never really established a top-notch running game. I know he had those three guys, Staley, Buckholder, uh, Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And then Westbrook came into his own. But he still threw the ball and threw the ball and threw the ball. And, you know, put it this way, McNabb's not Patrick Mahomes. No. So, so he, he's, he, he's getting away with that now because he has such an elite quarterback. You know, but, but trying to do the same thing with Donovan McNabb, in my opinion, was a mistake by Reed. Yeah, and it, but, and it, yeah, it, it put a lot – you're right, it did put a lot on him, and, and it didn't work in those games. Mark, you ready to play explicit history? Yeah, let's give it a shot. All right, Eagles Super Bowl moments for Mark in Woodbury Heights. Here we go. Sets up, looking to throw a screen. It's not there. He throws, and it's intercepted by That's his third of the day. He goes back to midfield and down to the 39-yard line. 
Mark, who made the interception? He had more than one on the day. He had three. Mm-hmm. I was 11 years old, and I watched it in my living room. Super Bowl 15, number 53 for the Raiders, Rod Martin. And it, they were I think he was the MVP of the game, right? Wasn't Martin the MVP? No, they the actually game? gave it to Plunkett. They gave it to Plunkett. Yep. Okay, but I'm but am I correct? Rob you are, you are. the linebacker. You got it, Mark. Yeah. I mean it, 27 it, 10 Raiders. Yeah, it's amazing that he had three picks and didn't win the MVP. That's that's almost impossible. Yeah, Joel and Joel struggled that day. Yeah. He did. He struggled. He, he struggled and as an eleven year old back then, that was a crushing crushing defeat. Well, Mark, and, and I can imagine, I appreciate the phone call. That's that age, like, I, I think my son is eight now. We'll see, we'll see how he reacts, win, hopefully win next Sunday, but, you know, it could be a loss. I think that, like, eight to 11 range is where you get emotional over sports. Now, I mean, you some people still get emotional into their adulthood. That's fine if you do, but, like, I mean, like, it hurts more when you're eight to 11. I, I, I don't know what it is about that. Then I guess you just kind of get it when you get a little bit past that age. Does he remember the first one, or is he too young? No, no, he was only three. I mean, he was sleeping. You know, he's three years old. I mean, I think he came downstairs and we watched, like, no, nah, I mean, he just doesn't remember any of it. It's just, it's he was too young. So, yeah, this will be the first one. And now, I think last year was the first one. He remembers, like, he watched and hung out and watched the game, and maybe until the halftime show. So, maybe that's the one he'll remember. Like, I think one of those Bills-Cowboys uh, games, one of the first ones I remember, six years old or whatever it was, seven. Um... But yeah, but that three interceptions and you don't win the MVP. Yeah, so I just let Jim Plunkett was thirteen to twenty-one for two hundred sixty-one yards, three touchdowns. He had two 200- had a passer rating of one forty-five, two sixty-one on thirteen completions. Yes. Who was playing the secondary that day? Guys, make a tackle. What are we doing? Uh, Kenny King had two catches for ninety-three yards, Whew. including an eighty-yarder. Uh, Bob Chandler had four for seventy-seven. Cliff Branch. I believe he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I remember Cliff Brown. Uh, five for 67, and Raymond Chester, who we all remember, had two for 24. Yeah, I mean, the, those, the, the Chester catchers really broke their back on that one drive. I, so Mark brought up uh, that Jaws struggled that day. I was watching some of the highlights of the game earlier as we were picking out what moment we would use. And there was a play right before halftime when the game was still close where it was kind of a, a slant-and-go type of move uh, by the receiver, and Jaws just missed them. He was a, it was a bad pass. He was open. like He was wide open in the end zone, and he missed them. And it's funny, the NFL films panned to the pre- to the coach's box, and like, you know where the play caller coordinator was at that time. And he, you could he, they put it on the NFL films like, you can't miss that one, Ron. Like, it just – and it happens, right? It's, it's, I mean, he's not the only quarterback to ever miss a pass. It's just it's interesting how that game got away from them, but they had a chance earlier. To keep it close, Dale is up on WIP. Hey, Dale. Dale. Joe, what's going on, my friend? How are you, Dale? What's up tonight? Um, you know, we got to stop meeting like this. But anyway, um, for me, as far as uh, the Super Bowl, I just want to win. I don't care who's coach, you know, who we're uh, going against uh, or anything like that. It's all about winning the trophy. For me, and you know, Andy gave us a lot of great years, um, and he probably will go down as one of the best, if not the best, head coach 
in you know when he's when it's all said and done mm-hmm. in football history, in my opinion. Well, I think anyway. he's Dale. He's already top ten, and now as we just see how far he climbs, could he be top five? You know, I guess we'll see when he's all done here. Right, right. The other, the I got a I got a uh, question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, in in respect to this, I was just looking at the um, at the mock drafts, right? And uh, some one of the uh, the analysts for NFL dot com has the Eagles picking a running back at number thirty one in the first round. If that happens, what does that say about Miles Sanders? He's on a different team next year, is what it says to me. If, if they draft, yeah, yeah. if they, yeah. but go ahead. But now imagine. If they manage to bring Miles back, you know, hometown discount or whatever, which based on the fact that, you know, he's betting on himself, he's going to want money more than what the Eagles are willing to pay for a running back. I right? agree. Yeah. So my, my guess is, and I think you hit it there, Dale. And I, Dale, I think you're right, um, that if he gets – if he if he wants the most money, it won't be from the Eagles. There'll be a team with extra cap space that doesn't have as many free agents, maybe a quarterback that they don't have to pay yet, like the Eagles have to pay Jalen, and he'll probably end up elsewhere. And – uh, you know, he's a good player, and if he stayed here, I think that's fine. But I, I also think that they can be okay if they, you know, if he went somewhere else. One, 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 one last thing, if I may, real quick. Sure. Um, a couple nights ago, you were talking about, is this the best Eagles team ever? Yeah. Um, overall, I think this is. Now, um, from a defensive standpoint, the 90 team. If if Randall didn't get hurt, we would have had a Super Bowl in 1990, in my opinion. Yeah, an amazing defense. I mean that that they with, just yeah they just dominated with with the defense that they had. And uh, last thing, um, it seems to be a pattern with the Eagles and across the NFL. And I'll hang up and let you you know maybe talk about it for a minute if you would. The most important thing for me, if you look at. Uh, you know, Nick and Doug, I think Jeff called it emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Being able to relate to players and get them to buy in is probably the most important. You know, talent matters, absolutely. But the most important thing is being able to relate to players and get them to buy in. And then for Howie to bring that type of player onto the, onto the team. Um, well, it, it, the, it, the locker room stuff, Dale, it, it matters. And, and Dale, I appreciate the phone call. Um, in fact, let, J- Jason Kelsey spoke today. We'll hear from Jason Kelsey here in a second. Kelsey spoke today about Sirianni. He was defending him over the Julian Love thing that was said yesterday where Julian Love basically said, you know, you can coach the team. They have so much talent. And and Kelsey kind of was to the point Dale was just making there where it's it's there's a lot more and it probably matters more now the emotional intelligence part of this. And and that look this that was why they hired Doug, uh, and and Sirianni's got some of that too, where they can relate to the players, they can get through to the players, they can get the players to give their all for the team, set the culture of the team. I think we think back to X's and O's stuff when it comes to head coaches, and some of them, yes, I mean, some of them, sure, they are they are elite at X's and O's, but I I, I do wonder if those days for the head coach are going away, and we're going more towards this. Here was Kelsey today. Kind of setting, you know, giving his reason why Sirianni's not overrated. In fact, maybe he's underrated. His atmosphere and culture that he's built within this building is a really big reason why the coaches have flourished, why the players have flourished. That's 
um, you know, what a head coach's main role is, whether he's calling the plays or um, offensively, calling the plays defensively, uh, you know, managing the game. His number one job is to facilitate a team, an organization that is focused on improving, that is focused on working, that comes in the building with energy, that's motivated to get better. These things far outweigh what play we call on third down. Um, and I think Nick does a phenomenal job of that. And um, I think he deserves all the credit in the world for that. Well, I think he's right. And I think as more and more teams play, kind of play the same style of football, now everyone's a little different, right? You have teams with running quarterbacks, pocket quarterbacks, running teams. But, but for the most part, what do teams do now? Teams are aggressive. They go for it on fourth down. They punt less. They blitz less, right? Like For the most part, teams are all kind of moving towards this is probably the smart way to play the game. We probably should pass more than we run over the course of a season. We should pass to get ahead. Then we're going to run to close the game out. We're not going to blitz as much. Like it's not. There's not as many teams playing wildly different styles like there used to be. So, if everyone's going to play a similar philosophy of the game, then then maybe that doesn't matter as much as that stuff does, right? As as the as the stuff we're talking about right now, this culture stuff. So I do think there is something to that. Two one five five nine two. 94-94. Alright, let's sneak Phil here, and then we'll get to a uh, trust the pregame. What's up, Phil? What's going on, Joe? Phil, how you feeling tonight? I am excited, and I'm sticking by my 42-23 uh, score that I gave you yesterday. I'm sticking with it. Uh, you know what? If that happens, and that's a unique score, Phil, I, I will remember that. That, that. that one I won't forget, because 42-23 is not the kind of score that happens very often. That, exactly. Uh, for me, yeah, it's definitely personal with Reed. It's definitely he. I I I still believe to this day he still has problems with time management, but he has such a. And I'm going to say this, and I know I'm going to catch flack. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL, and I am a Jalen Hurts fan. I am a Philadelphia fanatic with the Eagles, but 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 Mahomes is what he is, man. He's a great player. Phil, he's a great player. It actually would make this even more fun if they beat the best quarterback of this generation. That would be awesome. Absolutely. Oh, all, the, all the talk about hurt quarterback. How about giving us some credit for putting those guys out? Because Brock Purdy didn't throw himself on the ground. <laughs> okay. And he wasn't hurt when he got it. He wasn't hurt when he walked into the stadium. He was fine. No, he was not. He was 100%. 100%. Yep. Uh, what I will say is my pick for the MVP in the Super Bowl is, is it's, it's got to be Hassan Reddick. He is going to wreak Hassan Reddick Super Bowl MVP. Book it. Phil, he's I'm the best you. pass rusher in the NFL right now. Best pass rusher. Oh, by far. By far. And the thing is, they don't blitz. He gets it. They just get it off of pressure, man. That front four is amazing, man. And if I had to pick between 2017 and 2022, it's tough. Well, oh, I'd probably go with this team just because of, just because of the depth. Yeah, and I think there's no weakness. Every area is strong. I mean, they they just they're no they're they're strong everywhere. Wide receiver, tight end, offensive line, running back, quarterback, defense. and the whole, the whole defense, right? Special teams. Yeah, it it it, it, re- it really is a strong team. Phil, you want to play explicit history with us? I I am. All right. I am. Yes, sir. All right, here we go, Phil. We give you a highlight: Eagles Super Bowl of the past. You tell us the name. Here we go. Third down and seven, trailing by one with two twenty-five to go in Super Bowl Fifty-Two. They're inside the 12 of New England. Shotgun snap. Foles cocks his arm. Easy pass across the middle. Caught in stride. Bobbled. Caught on a deflection touchdown. It's Ertz in the middle. 11-yard touchdown grab on a quick slant. 
reeled it in, beating Touchdown Philadelphia. They've taken the lead with 2.21 to go. Phil, who did Ertz beat for the touchdown? Who did he beat for the touchdown? Who did he beat for the touchdown? Oh, because I was going to say, I know Zach. Oh, yeah. Who did he beat? Gilmore. That's a good guess. Phil, that is, that is a good guess. That's a, a strong – I think that's one of our stronger guesses on a wrong answer. He went to the same college as a tight end that we highlighted a little while yes, ago. Yes, I mean, we might as well just call this explicit blank history of that school. They're, they're getting highlighted a lot tonight. Explicit history you, I think it's now referred to by some yeah. people in that state. Not a school that gets brought up very often, especially when it comes to football. I mean, they have more players in the NFL than they actually win games. They put a weird number of players in the league. The Patriots were fueled by them for a while. Yeah, some good backs came out of there. They actually have a good basketball team this year. That I, was, I look at the bracketology recently, they might be like a four seed. Temple beat them. Did they? Temple's beaten them, Nova, and Houston, then also lost to Wagner and Maryland Eastern Shore. Are they playing Houston again? Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, I saw the, the billboard as I was driving in uh, this week. All right, trust the pregame delivered to you by PGW. PGW delivering safe, reliable energy to Philadelphia for more than 180 years. PGW Energy... For all of us, our Sixers Spurs tonight, I'm sure they're gigantic favorites in this game. The Spurs have like, what, like 10 wins on the season, 14 wins. They are a terrible team tanking uh, for a top pick in next year's draft. Sixers tonight, we are looking at the Sixers fair by 10.5 on the road, 33-17. and 17. Spurs are 14-38. 14, 14 that, is, that is pretty darn rough. All right, the game interests me less than this. Uh, Kyrie Irving today apparently requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Let me just, I'm going to spell it out. And we go no further than this. N-O. N-O. I want no part of Kyrie Irving. I'm sure that someone will say, well, if he's available, what would it take? No. It's a no. I wouldn't want Kyrie Irving if he played for free. I mean, that guy, all he does is, is distract. He distracts from winning. Is he a tremendous player? Yes. Is he one of the great finishers I've ever seen? Yes. I mean, I, the, the game itself, his game I like. I've always liked his game. I want him nowhere near here. I, and I don't think, it, from the early reports, the Sixers are not one of the teams mentioned, which is, I think, noteworthy because isn't Daryl Morey in, interested in every star? Hasn't that always been his mantra? Fit be damned, if a star is available, I go after it, and then I figure the rest out. That's what he did in Houston all the time. He Every time a star came up, he, Morey and the Rockets were involved. And it's kind of been similar here with the Sixers, where they, they're always kind of poking around if there's a name out there. I'm glad. So it sounds like Lakers, Phoenix, and Dallas are the teams that might, might be jumping in this. I I don't care. I mean, the one good thing about all this is it seems like it will eliminate the Nets as a threat in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, four or five weeks ago, they looked like they were going to be a threat. They played really good basketball, and, and Durant was healthy and all that. Um, but, no, I, I am totally out on the idea of uh, of Kyrie Irving. I'm glad the Sixers are N-O for me. I mean, if this was NBA 2K23 and you didn't have to worry about Kyrie and his personality, by all means, bring him in. I think he is an elite talent. He might be the best at-rim finisher I've ever seen play. I don't need him around the Sixers, right? I mean, two weeks ago he talked about how amazing everything is in the Nets. They've won something like 18 out of 20 before Durant went down. He's playing arguably the best basketball of his career. And then he just dropped this bomb saying he wants to be traded. And not like at the end of the season, he's going to be a free agent, but he wants to get traded in the next six days. Yeah, Trade deadline is six days away, and he's already trying to force his way out and go to the Lakers or, or Suns, wherever he may end up. I just, 
I, I don't as much as I think he'd be a tremendous fit on the basketball court. What's stopping him from second round of the playoffs saying, you know what? Not feeling it. I'm going home, everybody. Yeah. See you later. He's been nothing but a selfish and losing player other than when he was with LeBron James. That's his career. Selfish and losing player in Boston. Selfish and losing player in Brooklyn. A distraction. No. I mean, I, it, the answer, if they gave him to the Sixers for free, I'd say take him back. I, I just, I don't want him anywhere near this basketball team. And I'm glad he'll be um, you know, destroying the Nets from the inside out as we get closer to the postseason. Trust the pregame delivered to you by PGW. PGW delivering safe, reliable energy to Philadelphia for more than 180 years. PGW Energy for all of us. Visit pgworks.com for details. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to talk to a guest um, who I, I think is give us an interesting perspective. He hosts the postgame show on 610 Sports Radio out in Kansas City. We'll get his perspective on the game, the matchup, what's going on with injuries, specifically to that Chiefs receiving core. Uh, Jay Binkley is going to join us next. We'll talk to him about the Chiefs, the Eagles, Super Bowl 57. That's next. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Download FanDuel now and use promo code Gilio so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything, from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Yeah, I'll have a touchdown bet on Jalen Hurts in this game. All in an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. I really like the FanDuel app. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. So join FanDuel Day, promo code G-I-G-L-I-O, to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.